Hi there, and let me welcome you to Episode 1 of Memory and Top 40 Music, a brand new podcast dedicated to revisiting the top of the pop charts through the eyes of history. I'm Joe Williams, and I hope you'll enjoy what we have in store for you. We'll go back in time using the Billboard charts, tell a few stories about the songs and the artists to hopefully conjure up a memory or two, but also with an eye on what else was going on when these songs were hits. And we'll be doing it without playing the songs. Did you know music cannot be played on podcasts? That's almost a completely true statement. It's all because of copyright laws, and the use of music in podcasts is an unsettled point of law that is subject to debate. So, other than imploring the right people to settle that point of law for us, we'll respect the rights of the songwriters and the performers. Instead, we'll spend our energies looking at the chart performance of the songs and their artists. Embedded within our chart review is a tip of the cap to the greats who set the countdown standards for us, people like Casey Kasem and his great American Top 40 Countdowns, and Dan Ingram, who unveiled the new Music Radio 77 WABC survey every Tuesday afternoon, and even to the wonderful Lou Simon, who until very recently hosted the insightful 60s Satellite Survey on Sirius XM. You know, so often people do not recognize history when it is unfolding, or at least aren't aware of the specifics when being wowed by the era. So it went with rock and roll. There are plenty of theories, in fact even books, about when and how rock music started, but it is without a whole lot of controversy that Rock Around the Clock by Bill Haley and his Comets is viewed as the first rock record to enjoy prominent chart success. With that in mind, the first chart we will examine on this inaugural episode of Memory and Top 40 Music is from May 28, 1955, the week that Rock Around the Clock debuted in the top 10. In fact, it was number 10 this week. For all its acclaim, Rock Around the Clock was not an overnight sensation. It was originally released a full year earlier, but its history was rewritten when the song was played during the opening credits of the movie Blackboard Jungle, a film set in an inner-city interracial school and which starred Glenn Ford and a young Sidney Poitier. Rock Around the Clock entered the countdown on May 14, 1955 at number 22. It was sandwiched that week between the McGuire sisters at number 23 with Sincerely, a former number one song, and Johnny Desmond's Play Me Hearts and Flowers at number 21. Two weeks later, it cracked the top 10 at number 10. From there, it was nearly a step-by-step -step climb, and six weeks later, on June 29th, Bill Haley and his Comets had their first number one when Rock Around the Clock supplanted Perez Prado's Cherry Pink and Apple Blossom White atop the Billboard bestsellers charts. Rock Around the Clock would stay on the charts for 24 weeks, eight of those in the number one position until it was bumped out of the top spot on September 3rd by Mitch Miller's The Yellow Rose of Texas. Rock Around the Clock returned to the countdown 19 years later, barely and briefly. It was the theme for the hit movie American Graffiti, released in August 1973. On May 25th, 1974, Rock Around the Clock debuted again in the top 40 at number 39, but then was gone the next week. 
But American pop culture wasn't ready to let the song go even then, and a version of the song was the opening theme during the first two seasons of the popular TV sitcom Happy Days, which starred Ron Howard as Richie Cunningham. Howard also starred in American Graffiti. By the way, this was not Bill Haley's first time on the charts. He and his Comets had appeared several times before with Shake, Rattle, and Roll, a top 10 hit in 1954, and Dim Dim the Lights, Mambo Rock, and Birth of the Boogie all earlier in 1955. They first appeared on the charts with 1953's Crazy Man Crazy. Rock Around the Clock by Bill Haley and his Comets, appearing for the first time in the top 10 at number 10. The weekly music charts in 1955 had some very interesting things going on, and this week was no exception. Even beyond the historic appearance of Rock Around the Clock in the top 10 for the first time. At number 9 was Unchained Melody by Roy Hamilton. Hamilton was from Leesburg, Georgia, and was discovered in a Newark, New Jersey nightclub by the man who would eventually be his manager, Bill Cook. Cook, by the way, would go on to become the first African-American radio disc jockey and television personality on the East Coast. After a well-received performance on the highly rated Ed Sullivan Show, Roy Hamilton recorded a version of Unchained Melody, a song written by Alex North and High Zarrett. Alex North used the music as a theme for the little-known prison film entitled Unchained. In 1955, three versions of the song Unchained Melody reached the top ten on the Billboard bestsellers chart. The other versions were by Les Baxter and Al Hibbler. Most of us are familiar with the version of Unchained Melody sung by the Righteous Brothers, who made it a top four hit in 1965. You country music fans know of the Leanne Rimes version, which reached number two on the country charts in 1997. Unchained Melody was the highest charting song of Roy Hamilton's career. He made his last appearance on Billboard's Top 40 in 1958 with Don't Let Go, which peaked at number 13. Roy Hamilton died in 1969 at the age of 40. His recording of Unchained Melody spent 14 weeks on the charts, three of those weeks at number nine. Roy Hamilton at number nine this week with Unchained Melody. This is Joe Williams, and you are listening to the first episode of the Memory and Top 40 Music Podcast as we look at the top of the charts from the week of May 28th, 1955. Jumping into the top 10 this week at number eight, up three notches from the previous week, Nat King Cole with the song A Blossom Fell. This was its fourth week on the charts, and it would remain in the top 10 for 14 weeks, but never reach the top spot. It peaked at number two on July 30th. I've come across conflicting information on whether or not Mr. Cole was accompanied on this recording by the Four Knights, a singing group from Charlotte, North Carolina, which formed in 1943. With certainty, I can tell you the Four Knights did accompany Cole on his hit songs, My Personal Possession, and that's all there is to that. Outside of their work with Cole, the Four Knights' biggest hit was 1954's I Get So Lonely When I Dream About You. I Get So Lonely When I Dream About You had also been recorded by Bing Crosby, but I'm familiar with the Statler Brothers version of the song, which was a huge hit on the country charts in 1983. As for the inimitable Nat King Cole, in May 1955, he was at the peak of his popularity and success. A Blossom Fell was one of his 69 top 40 hits. About a year and a half later, in November 1956, the Nat King Cole Show debuted on NBC, 
one of the first TV variety programs with an African-American host. Nat King Cole, and maybe with the Four Nights, at number eight with A Blossom Fell. Beginning in December 1954, as part of the Disneyland TV series, ABC Television aired a miniseries based on the life and times of Davy Crockett, King of the Wild Frontier. Fess Parker starred as Davy Crockett, and the show's popularity was responsible for the coonskin cap fad, which swept the nation as boys everywhere wanted to be outfitted as their newfound American frontier hero was depicted. Combine that with the show's popular theme song, The Ballad of Davy Crockett, and Davy Crockett was showing up everywhere, including on the Billboard charts. This week, the song at number seven was Tennessee Ernie Ford's version of The Ballad of Davy Crockett. Four different versions of the show's theme song hit the top 40 in 1955. Three of them made the top 10. Tennessee Ernie Ford's version spent 17 weeks in the top 40, seven of those weeks in the top 10. This week, it held its position at number seven, having peaked at number six four weeks earlier. Ford was a huge star in his day. Popular on the country, pop, and gospel charts, he also hosted his own primetime variety TV show for five years on NBC. Of the 13 songs Ford placed on the top 40 pop charts, his lone number one, what happened later this same year when 16 tons made it on December 3, 1955. He also had 22 top 40 hits on the country charts, including three number ones. Ford's expansive career has been recognized with three stars in the Hollywood Walk of Fame, one for his recording career, one for his work in television, and one for radio. In 1984, Ford was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Ronald Reagan. Tennessee Ernie Ford died on October 17, 1991, but this week, his recording of The Ballad of Davy Crockett held the number seven position. In addition to the memories these great songs bring back, let's see what was going on in the world in May of 1955. Dwight Eisenhower was still in his first term as president. West Germany became a sovereign country recognized by the West, and it joined NATO. The U.S. Air Force shot down a MiG-15 fighter flown by a People's Republic of China pilot over Korea. It was the last MiG-15 shot down by United Nations forces in Korea. Elevated train service in Manhattan ended. A riot took place at an Elvis Presley concert in Jacksonville, Florida. The Warsaw Pact, a mutual defense treaty, was signed by eight communist bloc countries, including the Soviet Union. Lufthansa Airlines began its international service. Born in the month of May 1955 was Mike Porcaro, later of the group Toto. Among those who died in May 1955 was Bill Vukovic, a 36-year-old race car driver, who was killed in a chain reaction crash while holding a 17-second lead on the 57th lap of the Indianapolis 500. Now, back to our countdown. I mentioned earlier that the charts on May 28, 1955 had some very interesting things going on. I also mentioned that The Ballad of Davy Crockett hit the top 10 by three different artists in 1955. We just reviewed Tennessee Ernie Ford's hit with the song at number 7. Now we look at number six this week, where sits the man who played Davy Crockett in the series and his own version of The Ballad of Davy Crockett. Actor Fess Parker's first top 40 hit, The Ballad of Davy Crockett, spent 17 weeks on the charts. It peaked a week earlier at number five, spending a total of 11 weeks in the top 10. 
A decade later, Fess Parker would find success again starring as another frontiersman, Daniel Boone, in a television series which lasted from 1964 to 1970. Parker would put one other song on the charts. In 1957, he reached number 21 with a song called Ringle Wrangle. Parker died in March 2010. On May 28, 1955, he held the number 6 position on Billboard's bestsellers chart with The Ballad of Davy Crockett. The next part of the program I call Memory Jogger, during which we'll take a moment to discuss a special topic. The special topic today is Walter Becker, co-founder of Steely Dan, who died on September 3, 2017. Becker was Steely Dan's co-founder, guitarist, and bassist. He and Donald Fagan were the backbone of Steely Dan since the band's formation in 1971. The group was originally a five-man band, including Jeff Baxter, who went on to join the Doobie Brothers. David Palmer joined up to handle most of the vocals during live performances. Palmer, by the way, co-wrote Jazz Man with Carole King. Steely Dan's first album was Can't Buy a Thrill, which included the big hits Do It Again and Reelin' in the Years. Hit songs then and still very popular today. Do It Again was a number six smash, and Reelin' in the Years reached number 11. Steely Dan membership began to turn over with regularity, with co-founders Becker and Fagan remaining the core duo, while group members, studio musicians, and special guests, some very well known, rotated through. We're talking Michael McDonald of the Doobie Brothers, Jeff Procaro and David Page, later of Toto, and jazz guitarist Larry Carlton. The band became top 40 mainstays with hits like Hey 19, Peg, Deacon Blues, FM, Josie, and their biggest hit, Ricky Don't Lose That Number, which was a number four hit in 1974. Their albums were just as well known, including Pretzel Logic, Katie Lied, Asia, and Gaucho, a total of seven platinum albums. In 1981, Steely Dan broke up. Both Becker and Fagan did a couple of solo projects, with the most noteworthy being Fagan's 1982 top 40 hit, IGY, What a Beautiful World. Years later, Steely Dan reformed and in 2000 released its first studio album in 20 years, Two Against Nature. And what a return it was! The album won four Grammy Awards, including Album of the Year. They followed with one more studio album, Everything Must Go, in 2003, and toured fairly regularly in subsequent years. Steely Dan was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2001. Steely Dan was among the headliners at this year's Classic West and Classic East mega concerts, but Becker was unable to participate in either show. Becker will be remembered as a great guitarist and songwriter who, in his partnership with Donald Fagan, created some of the most memorable songs of the last 50 years. They got a name for the winners in the world. I want a name when I lose. They call Alabama the Crimson Tide. Call me Deacon Blues. The late Walter Becker of Steely Dan, the focus of our memory jogger. Thanks for the music and the memories. I'm Joe Williams, and let's turn our attention now to the number five song. Remember, interesting things were going on in the chart from May 28, 1955. Back at number 9 was Roy Hamilton's version of Unchained Melody. At number 5 this week was Al Hibbler's version of Unchained Melody. It was his first hit, his biggest hit, and one of four songs he charted in his solo career. Prior to going out on his own, Hibbler was best known for singing with Duke Ellington's orchestra. He also sang with Count Basie. 
Born in 1915 in Tyro, Mississippi, and blind from birth, Hibbler attended the Arkansas School for the Blind. Helen Keller was in attendance when the Arkansas School for the Blind's new campus was opened and dedicated to her in 1939. Hibbler's Unchained Melody, which had hit number five two weeks previously, before falling to number six and then came back up to number five this week, would stay in that position for two more weeks. The song spent a total of 18 weeks in the top 40. Later in the decade, Hibbler became a civil rights activist. It is likely his activism affected his ability to sign with major labels, but Frank Sinatra did sign Hibbler to a contract with his label, Reprise Records. Hibbler sang at the funeral for music legend Louis Armstrong in 1971. Hibbler himself died in April 2001 in Chicago. At number 5, Unchained Melody by Al Hibbler. So what else was going on in the world of entertainment in May of 1955? Well, Jim Henson's puppet show, Sam and Friends, first aired on WRC-TV in Washington, D.C., the forerunner to The Muppets and Sesame Street. The top five TV shows of the 1954-55 TV season were, starting with number five, The Toast of the Town, You Bet Your Life, Dragnet, The Jackie Gleason Show, and I Love Lucy. Movies released in May 1955 included The Seven Little Foys, starring Bob Hope, and Marty, starring Ernest Borgnine, which went on to win the Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Actor Academy Awards. The number one movie this week was A Man Called Peter, starring Richard Todd, a film based on the life of preacher Peter Marshall, who served as chaplain of the United States Senate. I'm Joe Williams, and you're listening to the first episode of the Memory and Top 40 Music Podcast, and we are taking a walk through the top of the chart from the week of May 28, 1955. By the way, at the end of the program, I'm going to give you an email address. If anything you've heard in this inaugural Music and Top 40 Music episode has brought to mind any of your good memories, please share them. I'll include a couple in an upcoming episode. The title of this next song at number four just may sound familiar. The Ballad of Davy Crockett. Yes, the third version of this song to be in the top ten on May 28, 1955. This one by Bill Hayes. Hayes' version is the only one to reach the top of the charts, reaching number one in March and staying there for five weeks. All told, Hayes' version of The Ballad of Davy Crockett spent 20 weeks on the charts and 16 of those in the top ten. Makes you wonder how big a hit any of these three versions would have been if there was only one version to satisfy the public's appetite for the song. Just like Fess Parker, Bill Hayes only had two hits on the pop charts, and they both charted with the same two songs, The Ballad of Davy Crockett and Ringle Wrangle. Though Hayes' version of the Crockett theme song outperformed Parker's version, Parker turned the tables on him when, in 1957, his version of Wriggle Wrangle reached number 21, while Hayes topped out at number 33. And in case you're wondering, these gentlemen were on the charts at the same time in 57 with Wriggle Wrangle, just as they were in 55 with the Davy Crockett theme song. Just as with Fess Parker, Bill Hayes' primary occupation was as an actor. He was on your show of shows, the variety show featuring Sid Caesar and Imogene Coca in the 1950s. He starred in Rodgers and Hammerstein's Me and Juliet on Broadway in 1953. But most notably, Bill Hayes was and continues to play the role of Doug Williams on Days of Our Lives, a role he started in 1970. Bill Hayes is 92 years old and is the only artist 
from the top 10 of May 28, 1955, still alive today. And he was in the number four position with The Ballad of Davy Crockett. Georgia Gibbs held the number three position with her song Dance With Me Henry. Georgia Gibbs was born Frieda Lipschitz in Worcester, Massachusetts in 1919. She appeared on several popular radio shows and sang with Tommy Dorsey and Artie Shaw, among others. Her first solo hit single was If I Knew You Were Coming, I'd Have Baked a Cake in 1950. Gibbs placed 20 songs in the top 40, with Kiss of Fire in 1952 and Dance With Me Henry in 55, each reaching number 2. Dance With Me Henry spent 18 weeks in the top 40, 13 of those in the top 10. This same week, her hit Tweedledee Dee held the number 17 position on the chart. Gibbs was married to author Frank Gervaisi, biographer of Israeli Prime Minister Menachem Begin. Georgia Gibbs died of leukemia in December 2006 at the age of 87. This week, she was at number three on the Billboard bestsellers chart, down from number two a week ago with Dance With Me Henry. Looking over the balance of the chart this week, the highest debuting song of the week was Love Me or Leave Me by Sammy Davis Jr., his second top 40 hit. Also appearing on the chart this week were Pat Boone at number 23 with Two Hearts, Frank Sinatra was at number 16 with Learning the Blues, and Sarah Vaughn was at number 13 with Whatever Lola Wants. The interesting phenomenon going on of multiple versions of the same song on the charts at the same time was not limited to the top 10, as both The Four Aces at number 29 and Eddie Fisher at number 21 were covering the song Hearts. You know, you gotta have heart from the smash Broadway musical Damn Yankees. The Four Aces and Eddie Fisher would both hit the top 10 with their versions. Well, you won't believe what was number two this week. No, not another version of Davy Crockett, but it was another version of Unchained Melody. The third version of this song in this week's top 10. I told you it was an interesting week. This version was by Les Baxter and his orchestra, which spent 21 weeks on the charts, six of those at number two, and an impressive 16 weeks in the top 10. Of the 12 songs Les Baxter charted, his biggest hit would be The Poor People of Paris, which reached number one in March 1956. Baxter had a rather diverse musical career, establishing himself as an arranger and composer. He played piano and saxophone before focusing on his singing career. He became one of Mel Torme's Meltones, sang with Artie Shaw, and conducted the orchestra of two of Nat King Cole's biggest hits, Mona Lisa and Too Young. He was musical director of the Bob Hope and Abbott and Costello radio shows. Les Baxter also wrote the whistle theme for the TV show Lassie. And in the 1960s, he formed a folk singing group called the Balladeers, which at one time featured a young David Crosby, later of Crosby, Stills & Nash. With all that to his long list of credits, Les Baxter earned a gold record with Unchained Melody in 1955. Les Baxter has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He died in 1966. Les Baxter and his orchestra at number two with Unchained Melody. Before we see the song at the top of this week's chart, let's review the top ten. At number ten, Rock Around the Clock by Bill Haley and his Comets. Number nine, Unchained Melody by Roy Hamilton. Holding down the number 8 spot was A Blossom Fell by Nat King Cole. The Ballad of Davy Crockett by Tennessee Ernie Ford was number 7. 
The Ballad of Davy Crockett by Fess Parker was number six. Al Hibbler's Unchained Melody was at number five. The Ballad of Davy Crockett by Bill Hayes stood at number four. Dance With Me Henry by Georgia Gibbs was in the number three spot. Number two was Unchained Melody by Les Baxter and his orchestra. And the number one song on May 28, 1955 was Cherry Pink and Apple Blossom White by Perez Prado and his orchestra. This song spent 26 weeks of the charts, 19 weeks in the top 10, and 10 consecutive weeks at number one. Cherry Pink and Apple Blossom White was one of only two songs that Perez Prado landed in the top 40, the other being Patricia in 1958. That song also reached number one. The Cuban-born Prado was known as the King of Mambo and is the composer of Mambo No. 5, which was popularized by Lou Bega in 1999. Cherry Pink and Apple Blossom White is the English version of a popular French song written in 1950, but Prado's version was an instrumental and was ranked as the top song of the year for 1955. Give it a listen. You'll love it. I found his original version on YouTube and just kept playing it time and again. Featuring spectacular trumpeter Billy Regis, Perez Prado's version of Cherry Pink and Apple Blossom White is a song for a hot summer night. By the way, I came across a note saying Doc Severinsen also played the trumpet on that recording. Doc Severinsen, of course, went on to lead the Tonight Show band for Johnny Carson. The song was part of the soundtrack to the 1955 adventure film Underwater, starring Jane Russell. A version of Cherry Pink and Apple Blossom White with vocals sung by Alan Dale, also charted in 1955. In fact, it peaked at number 27 this very week. Other artists who recorded versions of Cherry Pink and Apple Blossom White included Georgia Gibbs, Chet Atkins, Pat Boone, Bing Crosby, Hugo Montenegro, The Fabulous Thunderbirds, and Modern Romance. It is safe to say none of them matched Perez Prado's success with the song on the American charts. Prado died in September 1989. Cherry Pink and Apple Blossom White by Perez Prado, number one for the week of May 28, 1955. So there you have it, the top 10 songs for the week of May 28, 1955. The top 10 featured three different versions of The Ballad of Davy Crockett and three different versions of Unchained Melody and the smoking hot Cherry Pink and Apple Blossom White at number one. We focused on this particular chart in our first episode of the Memory and Top 40 Music podcast as it was the week that the first major rock and roll hit, Rock Around the Clock, appeared in the top 10. As discussed at the outset, copyright laws prevent us from playing these songs on the podcast, but they are all available on YouTube and I'm certain through a variety of online music sources. I suggest you give them a listen. Great music, to be sure. I promised you an email address. Here it is, memory at SpokenJoe.com. Spoken Joe, that's me, Joe Williams. Memory at S-P-O-K-E-N-J-O-E.com. Memory at SpokenJoe.com. Please share your memories. Episodes of Memory and Top 40 Music will be available on iTunes. Please subscribe so that new episodes will be automatically downloaded as soon as they are released. And while you're at it, like us on Facebook, if you would please. Thanks for listening. I'm Joe Williams. We'll be back with Episode 2 of Memory and Top 40 Music when we look at the Top 10 for the week of March 31st, 1956, 
when a certain hip-swiveling country boy from Tupelo, Mississippi had his first top ten hit. Until then, thank you.